All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Thank you. For sharing your heart, what he didn't mention was that he and his family also have—is it the—is it the Cox family? Singers. The singers—they have their own choir. Uh, they've sung with us for our midday Noels, right? For Advent, twice. twice. Yeah, and they are phenomenally gifted. So I love this man. Thank you for sharing your heart uh, for your family for the Lord. We're continuing to look at the parables of Jesus in Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible, keep it open. We're going to look at the context in several of the uh, different parts of the passages and how they relate. I'm going to make a confession to you as we begin. Uh, this is some of the short, shortest section of verses we've looked at in a while, and my notes are longer than they have been in a while. And uh, so I understand uh, the, the limitations, and I, I long for God's spirit to use his word in all of our hearts. And so I'm going to be editing as we go. But before we study the word of the Lord, will you go with me to the Lord of the word and ask for his blessing on our reading and studying? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are our father and that there is a purpose for the proclamation of your word and it will be accomplished. Thank you that you are a father whose words are love, light, and life. We ask that you'd be pleased through the person and work of your son, Jesus. Christ and by the power of his Holy Spirit that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, eyes to see. Our desire, Lord, is not just to be inspired but truly transformed. Would you help us believe? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Charles Colson was the founder and president of a ministry called Prison Fellowship. And through his journey, uh, he had a pretty fertile ministry in prisons all over the country and all over the world. And he tells a story about the deficit of fathers in the lives of people in this world. Uh, one prison that they were working with gave, uh, decided to give out cards for Mother's Day. And every prisoner who wanted to write a card to their mother uh, could come have a free card and they write to their mom and they would send it off. Uh, according to Chuck Colson, every single person in the prison lined up to send a card to their mother. And they did not anticipate that. They didn't have enough cards. They had to go get more cards, the volunteers, so that all the car, uh, prisoners could send these uh, cards to their mom. When Father Day, Father's Day came, they decided to try to do the same thing for prisoners uh, so that they could send cards to their father. They set up their table. They had more than enough cards. And when the time came, nobody came. Not one inmate came. Not one person was a taker of the car. Nobody wanted to send a car to their dad. In fact, most of the folks in prison didn't even know who their dad was. And Colson shares that story, and many others have shared it as well, because it's true. We have a pandemic of fatherlessness in our lives. And our temptation is to take the abuses or the improper uses or the bad experiences that we have with our earthly fathers and impose that onto the words and the actions and the love of our heavenly father. And many of you are like me and struggling with reorienting our hearts so that we can hear, see, and know the love of our Heavenly Father over and above the words and the actions of our earthly father. Fathers like myself who are sinful, inconsistent, and need grace. And so as we study this section, 
of Mark. It's important that we are hearing of the word of the Father made flesh, Jesus Christ, who God so loved you, the Father, he sent his son, Jesus, who is king. And he has been giving a word of the kingdom, repent and believe. And he has been teaching parables of the kingdom. In verse 11 of chapter 4, he's clear that the parables, these earthly stories, they have eternal truths and reality. They're revealing the mysteries of the kingdom of God. In his word, in these parables, he wants to shape us. He wants to remake us. He wants to give us rest and to help us to be fruitful and to be blessed. And we've talked about the parable of the sower, how there were four different hearts. One was a hard heart, that path, the soil of the soul where the enemy still snatches and grabs God's word. The second is an excited heart, those excited hearts that receive the word with joy. All right, this is great. And then there's no roots, there's rocks, nothing to to find uh, uh, fertility in the soil. It's just gone. The third is anxious hearts. They receive the word, and maybe the word starts to grow, but there's other idols of our hearts, other cares of this world, material possessions, that then rob the nutrients of the soil of our soul so there is no kingdom fruit. And the fourth soil are hearts that are ready and trusting. Ready being that we've removed the competition, the weeds and the thorns of our heart and our life, and we're trusting, believing the word of God. And he has been teaching uh, about the parables of the kingdom and ending with uh, the fruitfulness of the fourth soil. You'll remember last week, it talked about having a lamp, a light, uh, that we would never want to hide under a basket. And in Matthew, when Jesus uses this imagery in the same context, he actually refers to our Heavenly Father. Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 to 16. Uh, Jesus, using the same imagery as we studied last week, says, People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and to give light to the whole house, verse 16. In the same way, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, the focus of the fruitfulness, and Jesus mixes metaphors or similes, and he uses the imagery of light through these kingdom parables, The focus is fruitfulness and light for the glory of our Heavenly Father. Because in the end, it's His Word, and Jesus, His Son, is the King of this. And to ready our hearts, to have hearts that are trusting and ready to receive the Word of the King, we must be a people, we've talked about this, who are repentant, welcoming the seed of the Word of God in the Gospel, that there's no condemnation in Christ, That when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And John goes in 1 John, he says, if you don't repent and believe, then then God's word is not even in us. So we're repentant, we're ready, and we're trusting, believing God's word. Okay? Now, when we encounter the gospel in a fresh and real way from our hearts, friends, We will be marked with generosity, a liberal application of loving because we've been loved, forgiving because we've been forgiving, of serving because we've been served, of radical, surprising generosity that come from hearts of gratitude. This is part of the ecosystem of when we grow in God's grace, rooted, the word rooted in the soil of our soul. 
And so today, as we look at this, I want you to have all of that context in mind. Because what Jesus does in this parable is he switches the focus from all the different types of soil to just one soil, the fourth soil, a soul that is ready and trusting. And what does it look like for us to be generous and radical, sowing seeds of the kingdom of God's word in the soil of our soul, but also in society? And secondly, not only is it the focus of change to just on the fourth soil, a heart ready and trusting of God, but it also, Jesus has been the sower in the parable. He says it explicitly. It's not a secret. He is the one that was sowing the seed of God's word, the kingdom, in the fourth soil in this parable. You, the crowd, you are now the sower. And it's really this picture of if you have a ready and trusting soul to receive God's word, will you generously sow God's word and scatter it to trust God to give the growth and then be ready to harvest that which will come. The focus of this soil uh, is, of this parable is two forms of activity. One is active. The other is passive. Look down with me in verse 26. Jesus said the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God can be simply defined as the rule of God under the word of God. Okay? So the kingdom of God, it's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. That man is a person. That scattering is active. God is active. The seed is cast and scattered by the sower. And then later... Verse 29, when the grain is ripe at once, he puts his sickle because the harvest has come. There is an action of scattering and harvesting. There is actually response to God's amazing grace and the truth of the gospel and the seed of his kingdom. Where do we scatter this seed? Now, here's what I've found. I need you to give me your eyeballs. The hardest thing for Christians that I'm walking with and leading is understanding what it means to really scatter the seed of his word. The practical application, we're, we've gotten too good at just kind of hearing something and going off like, oh, that was good, all right, let's just go to lunch. God wants to give a harvest of the kingdom from your heart, in your relationships, in your family, in your neighborhood, at your workplace. We've got to know what it means to scatter the seed. The first place we scatter is the soil of our soul. And Paul, when he, when he writes the letter of Thessalonians, he, he talks to Timothy and he encourages him to receive the word of God in his heart, from his heart, believing. You've got to believe the word of the kingdom in your heart. You've got to believe that in Christ you are forgiven. You've got to believe that in Christ you are loved. You have to believe that in Christ you are secure. You don't need other things of this world to give you security. In Christ, you are worthy. He's made you worthy. He wants to restore you. In Christ, you are a new creation. You've got to receive and believe the word of the kingdom from your heart, but also in your head. And Paul says that in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, that in view of God's mercy to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, we have got to learn to see things from a biblical worldview 
sowing seeds and understanding that God's word is the final authority on how we steward our income. God's word is the final authority in how we understand the diversity of ethnicities in our city, in our state, in our country, and divisions unacceptable. God's word is the final authority in how we understand gender and sexuality and the relation of those two in dating, engagement, and in marriage. We've got to understand that God's word is the final authority on our status and on our image. In a world of injustice, it's only God's word that explains what true justice is. So we sow seeds in our heart and our mind, but also with our hands to really believe and, and cast the seed of God's word in the soil of our soul. We've got to be obedient, that we love as we've been loved, that we forgive as we've been forgiven. There is no place in the kingdom for an unforgiving heart that is straight from a deceptive devil that grabs the seed of the kingdom and takes it away. There is a place for obedience and generosity and gratefulness when we cast the seed of the soil on the seed of the kingdom on the soil of our soul. But also, we've got to cast it in our society where we live. We, God's word is clear all through scripture that we, to love God, we have to love our neighbors. How? As ourselves that we have to love our neighborhood, that we seek the welfare of the city where God has placed us, that we've got to love the nations. I mean, that was the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples in the book of Matthew. Go, therefore, to everyone who's like you and everyone who you feel comfortable with and everyone who went to your uh, colleges and universities and you have inside fraternity jokes with. Go to all those people who make you feel comfortable. No. Jesus says, go into all the world. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And friends, we cannot say that we're generously scattering and sowing the seed of the soil of, of God's word if we are not actively participating in loving our neighbors, our neighborhood, and the nations. We must be doing that and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds because our heart has been transformed by the love and the grace of God. This is casting the seed of, of God's kingdom on the soil of our souls and in our society. Now, many people I know, they make excuses. Well, it's not good weather to sow soil seed. It's too windy. It's not rainy enough. It's inconvenient. I'm not equipped. Ecclesiastes 11 says of that mentality, rubbish. That's like a British term for garbage. Ecclesiastes 11, it, it clearly says, don't, if you wait for the right weather, you're never going to sow. Sow. Sow now. Sow with urgency. Cast the seed of God's word, the word of the kingdom in your soil, in your heart, in your mind, in your hands. Obey. Cast the seed of God's word in how you see the world, how you see your neighbor, how you love your neighborhood, how we love the nations. Do it now with urgency. Don't wait and make excuses. We need real urgency because we've got a real king. I was uh, reminded of what urgency looks like this week. I was reading a story, and you know, whenever Teddy Roosevelt is brought up, you always know, like, this is going to be a good part of whatever I'm reading. And Teddy Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States, was a super powerful and passionate leader. 
And on October 14, 1912, he was going to deliver a talk to speak words. And the title of this talk was called The New Nationalism. His passion to speak the word of the nationalism of our country is really exemplary. We should celebrate that. But it's, <laughs> here's what happened. When he was going to this talk, before he got in the car, he was shot by a gun. A bullet went in him. And all of his friends and even doctors were like, uh, <laughs> President Roosevelt, like, I think you need to go to the hospital. And Roosevelt was like, I think I need to give this talk. And they were like, sir, you have been shot. And Teddy goes, they need to hear this. He got in the car, he went to the arena, and before he gave the talk, he asked everyone to get quiet because he had been shot and he couldn't talk loud. He proceeded to give his talk on the new nationalism for 90 minutes. Urgency to share the word. That's what it looks like. I don't care if we've been shot. I don't care if it's, in, it's inconvenient or we've been unequipped. Sow the seed of the word. Sow it in your soul. Sow it in society. We gotta be a people who believe that God's word will bear a harvest, that one day we will reap what we sow. By implication, if we do not reap, we will, I mean, if we do not sow, we will not reap. Jesus is just asking you to believe this mystery of the kingdom. Believe. Leads to the passive part of this passage. Look at what he says. It's like, if, if, if all you need to do is have faith to sow the word, you don't have to be equipped to grow the word. He says this, once it's scattered, verse 27, he sleeps and he rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows and he doesn't even know how. This is, this is a very consistent theme all through Scripture. One place that you're familiar with is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. When Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, he says, Look, it's neither he who plants or he who waters. You're not anything but God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to the labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You see, the word of God will accomplish that which the will of God has for it. Your job is not to try to control it or even understand it, but to scatter it. And God's word takes places of death and brings life, takes places of despair and brings hope, takes places of friction and brings peace, takes areas of anxiety and gives calm. It takes storms and gives stillness. I'm reminded of that on Father's Day. I'll show you a picture here. Uh, Lisa and I, we celebrate having four children. We love them all. In our journey together, we lost a son. His name was Joseph. It was early on, halfway through pregnancy. And God values every baby in every womb. This little boy, we did a little service for him. He didn't make it, the world. And we, this church uh, we worshiped at when we lived in St. Louis, and that tree was just a little sapling 15 years ago. It's just a little pity. It's no blossom. It's a cherry blossom tree designed to bloom when Joseph uh, was exited from the womb. 
That's one reason, by the way, we take covenant family and the covenant promises of God so serious for all of our children. But we planted this tree and we spoke words of hope and words of promise and life. And it was just tiny. And last spring, my friend Owen still lives in St. Louis. And I just said, hey, man, can you send me a picture of, of Joseph's tree? And he sent me that thing. Look at it. I hadn't seen it in years. All we did was plant it, just a tiny little sapling. And years later, it grows. And it bears fruit. And now there's children that go into that church and they play under its shade. <laughs> they take flowers from that tree and give them to their mom on Mother's Day. God gives growth. And we don't understand how his word does it, but it, this passage tells us that it's automatic. And so as I, as I know, Father's Day is hard for a lot of folks. Man, we have a heavenly father who loves us and, and wants to give life the growth is automatic. If you look at the passage, uh, the word is clear. The earth produces by itself. <laughs> the word there, automate, it's automatic. That's where we get the word automatic from. God gives the growth. You don't have to worry about it. We sow in storms. The word of God gives peace to your soul. It will still it. We sow in struggle, and, and God says that he'll give strength. We sow in uncertainty, and, and God his word says that he is working his plan. We sow with our identity and we will see and reap a security knowing that we are his child, that we are loved. We sow in sorrow and God's word promises that there's a place where there'll be no more tears. We sow in our weakness and God's word promises that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect there. We sow in fear and God says, do not worry, I am near. We sow in anxiety and God's word says that there's peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. This happens when we sow. We just need to sleep to rest in God's promises, to get up and live to sleep and to trust that God will bring a year of plenty through his promises. Victory is assured in this passage. Growth is automatic and victory is assured. And then we don't have time to unpack my illustration from Luke 4, but I, I want to say this. If you look down, we note a couple of things. The earth produces itself first the blade and the ear and the full grain in the ear uh, Mike was helpful in pointing out in our sermon discussion class, like it's a process. We have to allow God's growth to be the process that he's designed for your life, for your relationships, uh, for your soul, and for our society. We've got to still cast. But the next thing, it, when the grain is ripe, there will be a harvest. Victory is secured. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I, I want to challenge you to have a plan just have a plan. Cultivate your personal passion for God's word. Receive and believe the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a passion for his word. If you need help, we want to fuel it. But secondly, I want you to really practice casting the seed of God's word in the soil of our society. Personally, daily reading, meditating, memorizing, preaching the gospel to yourself. 
but practically as you live, show the word and the fruit of your life and your love and your labor. And if you have to, use your lips. But always, always let your life be a proclamation. In this passage, it's hope. It is hope. The word of God, if you're walking through seasons of death and darkness, the word of God is light and life. If you're loving people that don't know Jesus, keep casting the seed. God will give the growth. If you're pursuing people who are wayward, struggling in uncertainty, really having more questions and answers or needing wisdom in your life, God's word will bear a harvest. Scatter the seed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you promise a fruitful harvest from your kingdom, the word of the king. We thank you that you're a good father and your word we can trust. We thank you, Lord, that you dignify us by giving us a role, a responsibility in your kingdom to scatter seed. I pray that we would be faithful to do that in the soil of our own souls, but also in society. But Lord, you're a God that gets all the glory. You give us the word to scatter, the ability to scatter, and you're the one that gives the growth. Lord, we pray for a kingdom harvest in our lives individually, in our relationships, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in all of our city, in our nations, around the world. Lord, you are king, and we submit ourselves to you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would be our vision. And all we say all we think and all we do so that we would know how deep the Father's love is for us and that we would live boldly in showing that love to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen.